Hey, it's Alan Carter. I have a feeling it's very strong. I don't know what it is. It might be confusion, but then the premier of this province says it's not possible to be confused. Plus, we're going to check in with educational assistance in this province and small business operators. Are they confused? I'm confused. Let's get to it. Well, hello. How are you feeling? You know, I'm at peace. I feel better. You know why? Because before this, I was conflicted. I was, I, I was flummoxed. I was, I was almost, I might say I might have been actually a little bit confused. Folks, there is no confusion here. Oh, but then, then Doug Ford stepped in and just told me, there's no confusion. Whatever it is that you're feeling, I don't know what it is you're feeling, but it's definitely not confusion because, as Doug Ford says, there's no confusion here. Hit I, it I again, Doug. There's a little bit of confusion uh, on the order and everything. There is no confusion. No, there's none. There's no confusion. You are confused about being confused. You're not confused. It's simple. It's so simple that you can even understand it in a different language. Restay à la maison. Thank you. Avec le pamplemousse. Dans le fromage. Et la bouche. Fermé. I, see, I, I, I got that. I got, even with my bad grade 10 French. Just stay à la maison. No confusion here. None. So, so far today, the province has already hit you up on your phone. Hey, you up? It's going to hit you up on your phone. You up? You home? Because you better be. People are outraged. They're angry. (laughs) People that call the police when there's an Amber Alert to say, why are you waking me up just because a five-year-old has got their life in danger? So those same people are outraged that their phone has gone off to remind them that there's no confusion. You're not confused. Your phone has made it very simple. No confusion. There is no confusion here. None. I don't know what you feel, but it's not confusion. So uh, the stay-at-home order is in effect, went in effect uh, as of midnight. Uh, What has actually changed? What has actually changed? Obviously, you have exemptions to leave your house for essential trips for food, medicine, exercise. You're an essential worker. That makes that makes sense. This is from the Globe and Mail this morning. The directive, the directive, the actual substance of the stay-at-home order, which was not released until later in the evening on on Wednesday, later last night. Uh, It also exempts a long list of other destinations, including businesses that are open or allowed to offer curbside pickup, as well as schools, child care facilities, banks, government services, airports or bus and train stations in order to travel outside the province. All of those things are permissible. Homeless people are exempt from the stay-at-home order, obviously, as are dog walkers. You've got to walk the dogs. Or anyone exercising an animal. Keep in mind, in Quebec, a woman tried to put her husband on a leash and take him out and say, well, I'm just walking, just just walking my animal. 
I think there's a lot of wives out there who are like, well, that clearly, clearly I, I got a, I got a pet in the house that doesn't clean up after himself. Isn't that's got to be an animal, but that's not allowed. Uh, you can also travel to a wedding, a funeral or a religious service. You can do that. What else do we have? Oh, those who live alone may travel together with another household. Swipe right on me. Uh, From CBC, attending school or dropping off a child at daycare is permitted, as is obtaining food, beverages, or personal care items. Man, I got to get myself one of them Dyson hair dryers. That's essential. That's what I'm doing, officer. Thank you. Obtaining services for your vehicle or home. Financial services, veterinary care, or government services are also permissible. What the fiduciary? Doug Ford? I hear there's a little bit of confusion on the order and everything. There is no confusion. None. There's no confusion. I don't know why you're confused. Just stay in your Pamplemousse maison. Just do that. We stay a la... Alamaison jar. Mason jar. Here's the truth. Anytime you hear a politician, an Anglophone politician, wheel out a little French, you know what they're doing? You know what they're doing? They're testing the waters federally. That's you know what that was yesterday when Doug Ford dropped the Alamaison? That was him saying, I'm running, I'm running for Prime Minister. Sign me up! I got the French. Okay. So remember how there's no confusion? Remember? Remember that? Remember that bit? Doug Ford, you still with us? Doug? Folks, there is no confusion here. See? None. Quote, and this is a quote from Chief Matthew Pegg, who is in charge of emergency responses during the pandemic in the city of Toronto, was asked a couple of hours after Doug Ford said precisely that, said, uh, uh, Chief, you know, can I do this? Can I do that? How are you going to enforce it? So on and so forth. All these questions. Here's the quote from the chief. Quote, literally the best information we have right now comes off a media release and a slide deck. It is simply not the technical detail we need in order to assess or understand that. No, no confusion. None. Everything is simple. Everything is simple. But what has actually changed? Are you doing anything different? Has your world changed in any way? Other than your phone going vibrate? What's that thing? You up? You home? It's dofo. You home? What has actually changed? The provincial government, when asked repeatedly, is this thing essential? Is that thing essential? Can I do this? Can I do that? Can somebody come over to my house? It's like, well, we can't determine what is essential. We, you, It's up to you, really. So there's no confusion, except for when Doug Ford is asked about things like, uh, hey, what about bringing the military into long-term care homes? You know, there's a lot of people dying, and... We did that in the spring, and we needed it, and the conditions in those LTCs are horrifying. So, Doug Ford, I know you spoke with the Prime Minister. You talked about long-term care homes. Premier, 
I never ever refuse help. The more, the merrier. So we'll uh, we'll deal with that, and I, I'll take all the help we can get right now. Okay, good. So that means the Canadian forces are on their way in. Obviously, that's just precisely what we heard because. Um, you know, he'll take all the help he can get. And uh, the prime minister said, everything is here for you, whatever you need in terms of all help whatsoever. So that means that the, that the military is coming in, right? Wrong. Because, again, the premier's office has to put out a clarification after the premier speaks and says, no, 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 no. We're, we're getting the Red Cross to help us out. We're not saying which homes the Red Cross is going to. But uh, there's no military. Uh, we haven't asked for the military. Uh, Doug Ford says he never refuses help, but he hasn't asked for the military. So I guess, well, I guess that clears that up because I felt like I was confused for a moment. But obviously, I have some kind of other thing going on in my brain. I'm not sure what it is. Because I can't be confused because Doug Ford tells me. Folks, there is no confusion here. None. No confusion. So what is different? What can you do or can't do today that you did yesterday? I went down to the beach this morning myself. Went for a nice walk with my wife. There's about the same amount of people down there. And, of course, that's essential. We're all down there essentially. It's essential. It's essential that I go for a walk. I'm exercising. Come on. It's good for my brain. We know this. And I don't, I, you know, it, we, we can't be down ticketing people at the beach. Or can we? Do I need to get a dog? Do I need to borrow a dog from the neighbor? Can I walk the cat? I'm considering this. I'm just taking the cat out for a walk, officer. And even the police are like, well, yeah, we're not really going to be stopping anybody. We're still trying to figure out what these rules mean because we didn't actually get the provincial order till late last night. And if you read the thing, and I encourage you to do so, it is, as Bruce Arthur, columnist for the Toronto Star, said on this radio program yesterday, it is a choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing. Whatever you think is essential is essential. That's the bottom line. (laughs) <laughs> so, so is anything really different? I, I don't see how it is. There's obviously the extension of the closure of in-person learning in schools and hot zones, and we, we've reduced the number of people who can gather outside together, but that doesn't really line up. And we've, we've shrunk the number of hours that small businesses can offer curbside. However, you can still go into the Walmart and get a bad pair of jeans, Man, these really make my butt look huge. I guess I should have paid more than fourteen ninety nine for a pair of jeans. But you can do that. And what does the provincial government say when they're when they're asked how does that possibly make sense? They're like, well, eight hundred pound gorilla, we're going to come down on him. And Monty McNaughton, the minister of labor, was this morning just telling the press corps in a press conference that I was watching via Zoom from his house and his hair looks terrible. So thank God for that because I I feel seen. When I see politicians with terrible hair, I feel better because his hair's terrible because he hasn't had a haircut. That's that's why. But nevertheless he said, We're gonna crack down. We're gonna crack down on these big box stores. We're gonna send in the bylaw officers. And you think to yourself, well wait a second, don't we 
we don't have enough bylaw officers or law enforcement. You've always said you don't have the kind of manpower to be able to enforce a stay-at-home order. Now we put a stay-at-home order in place, but instead of actually just shutting things down, we're now going to take the bylaw officers and set them loose at the Costco. Meanwhile, I'm outside walking my cat. I want to play this for you. What did Barbara Yaffe, Babs, Dr. Babs, who's the Associate Medical Officer of Health, she's the medical official that you can kind of understand, unlike Dr. Williams. Uh, Dr. Babs, during the modeling information, when that came out on Tuesday, what did she say about the system that we had in place up until 12.01 a.m. today. What did Barbara Yaffe say about that? Babs? I think what it shows is that the shutdown was not enough. We need we need more stringent measures. The data showing we're in a very uh, dangerous situation now. We need more stringent measures. The gray zone lockdown that we had wasn't it wasn't getting it done. And so now we have a stay-at-home order, which is a choose-your-own-adventure, and nothing has really changed. And I don't know what you're feeling, but whatever your feeling is, it's not confusion. Folks, there is no confusion here. It might be anger. That might be the thing. Let me just check. Blood pressure? Yeah! I'm ticked off! That's what I feel. A little bit more fallout from the vacationing officials. Uh, You may uh, know the story about the head of the London Hospital Services uh, board who was uh, south of the border and was terminated. The board said, that's it. You're out. Uh, And he sued because he says, you told me I could go. Uh, and he has sued, and he has also sued for more than like two and a half million bucks, I think. A million bucks of that is for reputational damages. You can't fire me. You can't fire me when I asked you if it was okay to go, and you said yes. Uh, and meanwhile, the mayor of Oakville, uh, Rob Burton, has stepped down from the police services board in Halton, because you may know that the police chief of Halton is in Florida, maybe back by now, but is certainly in self-isolation, has apologized for going south of the border, said had to deal with some business stuff. Turns out that the police chief had the approval of the head of the police services board, namely the mayor. And the mayor has stepped down from the police services board because he says he shouldn't have given the green light. So a little bit more fallout from the vacationing politicians. Let's get to the kids. In-person learning is canceled for kids in hot spots until at least February 10th. I think if you're a parent, you're thinking to yourself, I don't think they're coming back February 10th either. I think... If I was to lay a bet on it, I'm probably thinking maybe after March break, if we're lucky. I hate to say that, but knowing what we know from the last time we were in a lockdown situation, things are much more dire now. Will they be coming back in hot zones by February 10th? I doubt it. Now, while most children in Ontario continue to learn from home during this lockdown, special needs students 
have been given an exception to the rule from remote learning in the province, and they are going back into the classrooms. And educational assistants across the province are saying that is a danger to them. It's a danger to the community. And on the line, Judy Watson, who is the president of the Halton District Educational Assistance Association. Welcome, Judy. Why are you concerned about uh, special needs students back in person learning? Well, thank you, Alan. First, let me just say thank you for giving us this opportunity. It isn't often that educational assistants are able to uh, garner media attention to have our voices heard. More often than not, it is teachers. And while we have some of the similarity in our concerns, there are also specific differences. So let me point out that special students with special needs are our specialty. That who we work with. We do not uh, generally work with mainstream students. Uh, We devote our careers to working specifically with the most vulnerable students in our system, specifically those students who have identified special needs. So uh, let me say this isn't about us not wanting to do our jobs. Uh, We, as I said, devote our careers to these students. We understand better than anybody else what happens when their routines are disrupted, when they are faced with a type of learning that does not meet their needs. And so we have a a clear understanding and a commitment to try to help them to be successful. But there are concerns. Uh, Do you want me to list them or do you have specific questions you want to ask me about them? Well, I I can understand what your concerns on a top level would be. Uh, I'm just Mm -hmm. wondering, you know, this is not, there's no perfect solution to any of this, and whether we're Correct. talking about the Correct. the mix of you know economy and health and retail, I mean, there just are no perfect answers, and and I think we just accept that to begin with. But how possibly can we balance the needs of these students and the incredible strain on the families? And these special needs students, as you point out, cannot re- learn remotely. They need support. So how do we balance that with the concerns, the health concerns, the valid health concerns that your members might have? Well, first of all, that's the question that we're all asking. And I understand that everybody is faced with that uh, dilemma and trying to figure it out. I think there are some specifics that we are most concerned about and trying to uh, ask that be addressed. So first of all, we have concerns about the student health. Uh, These are students who by and large do not wear masks. They certainly don't wear face shields. They do not understand necessarily the uh, rules around social distancing. While they're protected from staff because we are wearing PPE, they're not protected from each other. And often they're congregated in quite large numbers in fairly small spaces. Lots of them may need some kind of equipment. We've seen here in Halton, with just the, uh, since January 4th, we have had over 400 of these students in schools. In some of our large secondary programs, there are as many as 40 of these students in fairly small spaces. The board any evidence, has, any evidence, Judy, of an outbreak in your experience from those students? Well, we don't know yet because those numbers were initially not reported by school boards in the first week back because they're tied into attendance systems which were not active. Uh, So we're waiting for those kinds of numbers. 
And, of course, we don't know the numbers across the province uh, in terms of those things. So we have some concern about that for those students, that there needs to be uh, a better adherence to protocols, to distances, uh, and some kind of way to protect these students, many of whom have additional health needs that put them more at risk. Uh, We mustn't ever forget that the first child to die of COVID in this province was a child with special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, uh, lots of this ties to a ministry directive, which is very unclear. It simply says students with special needs should have provision for um, in-school learning. And then it's left up to each individual board, in fact, each individual school, to try to identify who those students are. It's not clear. But Judy, you're not, you're not asking for these students not to come back. Now, let me just no, be clear what no. you're asking for. So we're asking that the things that the minister talks about, that he says will be ready for when students return, well, Mr. Lecce, students have returned. We returned on January 4th, and those additional things and promises ha- are not in the schools yet. We also say that if, in fact, it is not safe, so this is a question of health and safety. If it is not safe for Susie, who is in a mainstream class, to return to her school, why is it safe for Lucas, who has identified special needs, to return to his school. The messaging is so mixed, and it leads to a lack of confidence uh, on the part of staff and parents of what the situation truly is when their students are returning. So we're asking for those promises that should have been in place for January 4th. As it is now, the minister's going to talk to us on January 20th. January 20th, by which point these students and staff would have been back in school for three weeks. Without the enhanced PPE he talks about, without the asymptomatic and rapid testing that he has promised, without um, some of the increased ventilation concerns, without the uh, en- enhanced screening protocols, we've just been thrown in. And in one way, we feel as though we're a bit like the canaries in the coal mine. Are we there to be an indicator of how successful these protocols are or are not? So, again, we are concerned about our students. Of course, we're concerned about ourselves, our families. Uh, Again, we are wearing PPE. We've been expressing concerns about the type of PPE since September. Those concerns were still not um, satisfied. And now we're at a time when we're hearing about uh, increasing numbers, increasing numbers on positivity rates among students and children, uh, and yet we're still waiting to have some of those concerns. So again, let me say, we are prepared, are willing, are looking forward to doing our jobs and supporting the students that we support every day and that we right. care about. But we expect the other people involved in the the system, the decision makers, to acknowledge the needs and to give us the things that they have promised to make available. It took Judy, well, we're going to have to leave that there. We're, we're just out of time, but thank Absolutely. you for coming on. I think you make some excellent points, and uh, I think perhaps if there's one that I want to highlight, which is there is confusion and there's contradictory messaging, and that leads to a lack of confidence. Judy Watson 
He is the president of the Halton District Educational Assistance Association. Appreciate you being on the program, Judy. Thank you, Alan. Are you confused about the new guidelines? Here's Doug Ford. The guidelines are pretty well the same. It's, it's very simple. We're asking people, stay home. There is no confusion here. Stay home. That, that's the simple message. It's absolutely critical. You want to help your local business? Go online. Don't go to the big box stores. Go online to the small businesses. No one's stopping anyone from going online. Support your small businesses. Support your small businesses. Forget about those big box stores that we continue to allow to sell all of these non-essential items to in-person shoppers. We're going we're gonna to come down like an 800-pound gorilla, says the Premier, on any big box stores that breaks the rules. Meanwhile, you're supposed to stay home unless you're going to a local store for curbside pickup, which having a hard time understanding that. But there's no confusion. None. My next guest. Oops, there is oh, no confusion here. Okay, thank you for thank you for clearing that up. Uh, my next guest is the sales and marketing manager for Scarborough Music in Toronto, which is on Kingston Road, right close to my house. I have been there recently to do a curbside pickup. On the line is Josh Dealman, sales and marketing manager for Scarborough Music Toronto. Josh, are you confused? I am. I'm still a little confused. Um, I've got a little bit more clarification over the last, let's say, 24 hours or so. But when they released the information, it was very confusing right away as what small businesses can and can't do compared to the big box stores. All right. Tell me, what what are you doing in terms of curbside? I know you obviously you sell musical instruments, you sell sheet music, which is what I was there for recently, but you also do music lessons, which you can't do anymore. So what can you do? So right now, all our music lessons are done remotely. All our teachers are, we have 15 teachers. They're all still teaching from home, which has been amazing. Um, everything curbside, it's, you got to buy online and uh, just kind of meet us at the door. So we're still doing the curbside right now because we are, we're able to. Um, plus, we have local delivery, uh, and then we have national delivery across Canada, which is helpful as well. But we're limited to the curbside, and that's where the confusion kind of set in for us right away when the announcement was made. Well, because... The- I don't think anybody's going to argue that sheet music is essential, and I'm sure you're not, um, but you're at the office. You're actually in the store because you're conducting business, although the premier says everybody's supposed to stay home. I think I might be confused. Uh, yeah, so part of my job, um, you know, managing the schedule, helping the teachers out, getting students signed up for lessons, I can do from home. Everything like that can be done remotely. But when a customer purchases something online, Somebody's got to come to the store and make sure they can pick it up. Or if it's going to be delivered, we got to have we got to be here and wait for the delivery company to show up as well. When they're encouraging you not to go um, to work and they're encouraging you to stay at home and not to go out for anything that's not essential. So as you know, because you live in this area, this is where it really throws me because we both live in this area. I can order food from a restaurant down the street and I can walk and get that because food is essential. But they're asking me to do non to only do essential trips. So if I ordered something from another store, does that mean I can go and get it or not? Because it's a non-essential item, but it's right beside the restaurant, maybe. Yeah, for for example, you know, close to where you are, there is uh, a collectible store, and you know, can I go and pick up a comic book or a bobblehead? I mean, those are neither of those are essential items. But the premier says, well, you know. You, Please order from these people as opposed to going to the Costco to get your bobblehead or your sheet music. 
but you're not supposed to, but the rule is that you're not supposed to be out at all. That's right. And then the other side of it, too, is, okay, so if somebody orders something, doesn't want to leave their house to get it, that's fine. That means the delivery company's got to pick it up and take it there. That's okay. But from what I've been reading and trying to get my head around as well is that, um, well, let's, I don't want to throw Amazon under the bus, but I'm going to, they can deliver all hours of the night. But from what I understand right now is the delivery companies, uh, the local companies, can't deliver past eight. So if I have a customer that orders something and our delivery company is running behind, are they going to get that item or not? But I still have to be at the store. So either way, what's the, to me, it's, I don't understand what the difference is. is if you're going to order, support the small business and order online, how are you going to get it? Somebody has to pick it up if you're going to support a small business. It's either going to be a delivery company picking it up or you going out for a walk and picking it up. But they're encouraging you to go for a walk for exercise, but not for non-essential trips. I'm just wondering if you can get a, give me a sense of how the community response has has been. I mean, I, I know the premier has put this call out there, said you know support local businesses. Do you do you see um, a correlation between when he says that and an uptick in business? You think that's been effective? Yeah, very much so. Like uh, the last week in November, when we went into that um, that kind of like back to curbside, nobody's allowed in stores. The, the community, uh, even on the Facebook groups locally, have really stepped up. Everybody's asking for the most random things. Where can I buy this locally? And everybody's throwing out their offers and, and saying where you can get it. And, the, and you see it with all the businesses through the groups that everybody supported. Even if it was something small, they just say, look, I'm not going to buy a $600 guitar from you, but I'm going to buy a tuner and put it in somebody's stocking. So the community really stepped up to support us, and they still are. And that's carrying through into the new year now, into this new um, stay-at-home order, emergency act, whatever you want to call it. The community is still trying to support us, but we're trying to be safe at the same time. How do we encourage somebody to support our business at the same time, encourage them to stay home? And are they going to get in trouble for coming out if they get caught? Or are we going to be in trouble for doing curbside or being at the store when we could be at home? We're trying to find that sweet balance in there um, in our communities. and our But our community is very supportive. To answer the question, yes, our, they have been supportive from the very beginning uh, of the pandemic, right through the Christmas season and into the new year, which has been phenomenal. Josh Dealman, I'm speaking with. He is the sales and marketing manager for Scarborough Music in Toronto, which is, if you live in that area at Kingston Road and uh, Victoria Park, you you know it. It's got a you know, big sign on it. It's got neon. It's a it's a real marker in, in the neighborhood. And, and and a final question to you, Josh. If you yep. had an opportunity to call in and ask the premier a question or make a suggestion, if you got on one of these advisory boards. Is there something that you would ask of Doug Ford and his government? Yeah, I guess in a sense, since the beginning of this whole pandemic, it seems like there's been a lot of pressure on small businesses to be innovative, creative, and we have. We've all stepped up and done that. But there's been no pressure on the big box stores other than a bunch of stickers on a floor and and some plexiglass to to step out of the the box of their their realm and do something a little bit different. I had a conversation with... um, a lady that runs a business down the street. How come Walmart's not doing free delivery for communities that have trouble shopping online or have trouble accessing the store where they can only go into the store to buy because they have cash and that's how they have to do it. There's ways to do deliveries. There's ways to do safe payments at somebody's doorstep that may not be able to purchase online and have those resources. So we're doing everything we can. Even when this started, we got calls right away. Hey, I want to get this, but I don't feel safe coming out of my house right now because I don't know what's going on. Can you guys deliver it? So, yeah, at the end of the day, we'd grab our stuff and we'd walk it down to them or drop it off or whatever. We'd help people that way. Why are the big box stores not doing that? And why is the government just allowing them to stay open with people coming to them when they have the resources and the financial means to implement something 
that they can actually get out into the community and help to prevent people from coming to their stores. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate you being on the program. Please stay safe and all the best. I will as well. You too. Thank you. That is Josh Dielman, who is a sales and marketing manager for Scarborough Music in Toronto. And so let's circle back one more time. You heard from Josh. You've heard from the callers. You've heard a number of different perspectives. Premier Doug Ford says the following about what you're feeling. Folks, there is no confusion here. None. You, There's no confusion. And, you know, the Premier has, I'm, I'm going to admit, and I'm going to concede he has a point on the top level, which is just stay home. It's just stay home. The problem is, is that it really hasn't changed anything for all the bluster and all the talk about falling off your chair because of the modeling and the precarious situation we're in, all the data that we've seen, what really has changed? Not very much. Not very much at all. You are still on your own. You are on your own to decide what it is that is essential or non-essential. And we know from the health experts that the lockdown measures in Toronto and Peel and even the lockdown measures right across the province that came into effect on the 26th, they have not been effective. They have not cut down the number of contacts that people are having. So what the provincial government has decided to do is shout it from the mountaintop that we are in big, big trouble. Send you an alert on your phone and hope, and hope that this time you get the message to stay à la maison. À la maison! We stay à la maison. Maison! S'il vous plaît. Je ne comprends pas. That's the podcast for today. Don't forget the Alan Carter Show, weekdays starting at noon.